This is HSBC Global Viewpoint, your window into the thinking, trends and issues shaping global banking and markets. Join us as we hear from industry leaders and HSBC experts on the latest insights and opportunities for your business. A heads up to our listeners that this episode is being recorded remotely, therefore the sound quality may vary. Thank you for listening. Welcome to the latest in our DigiTalks podcast series. We are featuring a variety of different topics that are currently trending in the digital world, and we now explore the tokenization of private assets. Introducing the topic is HSBC Security Services Senior Product Manager for Global Trustee and Fiduciary Services, Very Sandeman. Very, over to you. Thank you, Gabriella. Whilst private assets are illiquid and generally less accessible to many investors, Over recent years, there has been an increase in private asset investment as investors seek returns in volatile markets. I'm really excited to explore the opportunities and benefits that tokenization can bring to private assets, along with the regulatory considerations. And I'm delighted to be joined today by my colleague, Rachel Rock, Digital Product Analyst at HSBC Security Services to discuss this. A very warm welcome to you, Rachel, and thanks so much for joining me today. Thanks so much for having me, Barry. Now, we are seeing a real transformation in financial markets with the application of new technologies such as blockchain and products such as tokenization and digital assets. But before we get further into the discussion, Rachel, could you perhaps firstly explain to us what tokenization is? Yeah, sure, Barry. So, Tokenized assets are basically digital representations of value or contractual rights. So a token acts as a digital certificate of authenticity enabled by distributed ledger technology. And I I think tokenized assets are essentially the next iteration of asset representation. So in the past, you had physical documents representing assets, and then we moved to assets represented in electronic book entry form. So the next evolution is really tokenized assets. And any asset can be tokenized. Uh, Stocks and bonds, real estate, infrastructure, commodities, cash, even antiques and art can be represented as tokens. So you might be thinking, you know, how are tokenized assets really different from assets in electronic book entry form? Tokenized assets are divisible and they are also programmable with their rights and obligations being governed by smart contracts. Uh, Smart contracts are self-executing contracts with the terms of the agreements uh, basically written into lines of code. So these characteristics mean that there are a wide range of opportunities that tokenization can enable. And I think we are really just scratching the surface. Thanks, Rachel, for that explanation. That's really helpful. And I know you've been involved in tokenization of traditional securities such as bonds, but what is the current extent in the market of tokenization of private assets? Well, while the adoption of tokenization is still relatively nascent, it it is definitely growing. It, It does feel like the early days of the internet era where we are starting to see many different applications and use cases taking shape, but mass adoption hasn't yet arrived. Tokenization of commodities is starting to take off. The total market value of tokenized gold is now several hundred million dollars. 
And in Singapore, where I'm based, we have recently seen the emergence of regulated distribution platforms for tokenized private assets, which allow investors to invest in private debt, equity, and funds and at a lower cost. So recent years have also seen the growth of tokenization platforms for real estate. And this private asset class has proved one of the most popular today. So to illustrate how this process could work, um, a real estate property could be owned by a special purpose vehicle, so an SPV. And then the ownership of this SPV could be recorded on a blockchain with the investors into this SPV receiving tokens to represent their ownership. We have started to see institutional adoption growing and many issuers, investors, uh, financial institutions are recognizing the huge potential for tokenization in private assets, especially given their illiquidity and high barriers to entry. At HSBC, we are taking the initial steps to develop solutions in this space. So our digital vault solution, which enables custody clients to access digital records of their private assets, is being powered by distributed ledger technology. Thanks, Rachel. Another great application there of blockchain and some super examples of private asset tokenization. And of course, as you touched on, it's fascinating to think of the benefits of tokenization for these alternative asset classes, which have had a limited investor base in the past. So benefits such as the democratization of private assets by making these more affordable, accessible and inclusive. Which benefits of tokenization stand out for you, Rachel, for private assets? Yeah, that's right, Barry. So the unique features of tokenized assets, um, divisibility and programmability that I mentioned earlier, do give rise to a number of significant benefits. Divisibility means we are able to fractionalize private asset investment. So this is a particular benefit for assets which require a high capital investment. Dividing these into more affordable portions and reducing the minimum investment amount allows for greater participation in these markets and can aid co-investment for assets such as private debt. So just imagine being able to buy one hundredth of an art piece or an apartment building, for example. For buyers, this enables greater portfolio diversification and fractionalization can thereby assist with a financial inclusion globally aiding um, sustainability and ESG goals in this area as well. And for sellers, it does make um, assets easier to trade, it aids liquidity, and um, this uh, improves the potential for secondary market trading of these asset classes. Private assets in particular, they typically have complex operating models involving multiple parties, and in some cases, they are still reliant on legacy platforms or even Excel spreadsheets in some cases to record and process activities throughout their life cycle. The programmable nature of tokenized assets provides a clear advantage here. So smart contracts can be used to automatically execute currently manual asset issuance and servicing processes. And this improves efficiency, reduces settlement times, and lowers transaction costs which is particularly appealing for assets like real estate, where long transaction processes can be very costly. 
the resiliency of distributed ledger technology is also another benefit which enables authentic rec record keeping and uh, immutable proof of ownership. So a record that cannot be changed. And it also improves um, transparency for participants across the asset lifecycle. Tokenization also has the potential to spur product innovation. So by reducing manual processes and costs involved in structuring layered products, it could make it possible to offer a much wider range of products to investors in future. So thinking of an example, you could have layered products such as layered net zero tokens. So um, carbon credit tokens, for example, could be layered with commodities to offset the carbon footprint of an asset, which um, has the benefit of aiding sustainable investment as well. Thanks, some really exciting benefits there of tokenization. And Rachel, given the early stage of developments, are there many challenges to tokenization of private assets? So definitely for some classes of private assets, there are still challenges to overcome. Our rights and obligations of private assets may be complex. So for example, the covenants for private debt can be very specific to the lending agreement and negotiated on a case-by-case -case basis. This lack of standardization makes it a lot more challenging to automate the development of the associated smart contracts. And another challenge is regulation. There is still a lack of consistency globally in the regulation of tokenized assets. And I think that regulatory clarity will be a key catalyst to spur the adoption of tokenization of private assets. Thanks, Rachel. And we've seen developing regulatory frameworks globally for digital assets in jurisdictions such as Singapore, Hong Kong, the UK and EU. In many jurisdictions, tokenized securities will fall under existing regulatory frameworks in line with traditional securities and may be captured by more than one regulation, for example, one for issuance and one for distribution. But this could vary depending on the rights or features of the token. Rachel, how challenging is it for the providers of the tokenization services to build the functionality whilst taking into consideration these developing and differing regulatory requirements? Yeah, that's right, Very. So it is very important for us to consider our developments against the regulatory frameworks. And um, for example, when um, my team worked on the tokenization of fixed income securities together with um, the Singapore Exchange and Tomasic Holdings, for example, uh, we definitely took advice on the regulation and consulted uh, regulators as well. So as you touched on, it is important to consider um, for each use case, the, the regulatory classification of that particular token uh, the location of the entity providing the tokenization and the jurisdiction of the investors and the regulatory regime in those countries, um, licensing requirements as well, which may vary by jurisdiction. So I think regulatory clarity is very important and international regulatory alignment is essential for the growth and development of tokenization. A collaboration is also key between providers, technology firms, um, regulators, financial institutions, both for the development of regulation that still fosters innovation and to allow for the interoperability of DLT infrastructure. So allowing blockchain applications 
um, to be integrated with current traditional finance platforms instead of operating in silos and thereby improving um, scalability of these platforms. Thanks, Rachel. It'll definitely be interesting to see how the regulation develops, particularly around investor protection to balance against the potential for increased access for, for some of the investor types. Rachel, where do you see things going in the future with the tokenization of private assets? So I think this is really just the beginning. We are just starting to see tokenization begin to take off for traditional asset classes. And there is huge potential for development um, of tokenization for private asset classes, especially with the benefits that we have discussed. In general, tokenization is growing annually. So the World Economic Forum predicted recently that potentially 24 trillion of assets could be represented in tokenized form by 2027. And private assets are set to make up a significant portion of this. So in addition to increased tokenization of private assets, another area where we really see a lot of potential is the tokenization of funds. So private equity, venture capital investment funds, and tokenization could really lead to greater liquidity in these fund types, given the secondary market potential, and um, therefore increased pool investment in private assets. And after that, I think we can be really excited to just consider where this could go in future. Recently, there has been a great deal of discussion on Web3, uh, the decentralized web and what that could mean for capital markets. Ownership is a key part of Web3 with tokens representing ownership of products and assets. So I read an interesting article recently from um, Andreessen Horowitz, which um, highlighted that you know, tokens could be the new digital primitive in the future, similar to the role of the website today we could really see an explosion in the types of tokens in future, which could result in the emergence of completely new asset classes beyond the early use cases of cryptocurrencies and um, non-fungible tokens that we see today. And we have also seen so many interesting developments in terms of the metaverse, which may also drive adoption of tokenized assets. It's definitely a really exciting time to be in this space and I'm very much looking forward to see how it evolves. Rachel, thanks so much for joining me today. That's been an absolutely fascinating discussion and so good to learn more about tokenization and to focus in on the potential this brings for private assets. If clients have any questions on this subject, please do raise this with your HSBC representative. Gabriella, back to you, thanks. Thanks so much, Mary and Rachel. This has also been a really fascinating topic for me. I would like to thank you for listening to this edition in our series of DigiTalks podcasts. We hope that you enjoyed learning more about the tokenization of private assets. Stay tuned for more from our podcasts as we explore more trends in the coming weeks. Thank you for listening today. This has been HSBC Global Viewpoint, Banking and Markets. For more information about anything you've heard in this podcast or to learn about HSBC's global services and offerings, please visit gbm.hsbc.com.